What's up, everybody? You're on the Bulletproof Mafia, and I'm Michael Munsterman. Today's episode, not my president. Man, you know, whenever whenever you hear somebody talk about not my president, instantly you you jump to one side or the other. And as we were heading into this election, I started to think about all of the different elements of the election and of the vote. And right now, as it stands today, as I'm recording this, uh, most all media outlets have said Biden has won the presidency. And then there's some stragglers and and Trump's lawsuits are still going. And so there's, you know, this Republican continuation of hope that it's going to turn around and, and Trump Trump's going to pull out that Trump card and be the president. And look, um, I I get it. I get that uh, politics and media they've they've created this great big divide in people, and it's not about are you a good fucking person right now. It's about what side of the line are you on? Are you a bigot or are you inclusive? Are you a baby killer or are you uh, a Christian? Like the, like like media's media is not letting people be people. If they pick a side, if, if you pick one side or the other, the opposite side is, is like, it's so polarizing. And so for me, look, I'm for business. I'm, I'm for, I'm pro-life. Like I, I just am, that's where I stand. I do not harbor, harbor any resentment or hate towards anybody in their life decisions, who they are, what they do, what they're about, what like, but, but I, but I do have a fucking opinion and I'm allowed to have an opinion. I, you know, I, and so I, going into this, I'm, I'm just saying for a lot of you, you're going to have a hard time continuing this podcast because you're just going to stew. You're just going to think, well, he must hate gay marriage and he must, he must hate black people. And he must have like, you, you, you don't fucking know me. I don't have an ounce of hate in my heart, but this is a conversation that's been going on and heading into, I like, I have to do this little hardcore intro into my belief system because I, I'm, I'm going to live in integrity and in integrity, that's, that's what I believe. And I'm allowed to believe it. But I say this as a precursor to the conversation, because for me to get to where I want to go, I feel like I have to say this. Literally, there's this girl, I've been around her several times in different environments and I like her a lot. She's a super nice girl, but she literally wrote, I just want you to know if you're, if you don't agree with me, any talk of inclusion or any talk of coming together and, and getting along, yeah, I might smile at you and be nice to you, but I want you to know I remember who you people are. I'm like, holy shit. And I just don't have that energy. I don't have it in me to say, look, I, I mean, I have, I, I would, I'm definitely more conservative than I am liberal by most of the definitions of the conversation. However, I've got friends that are so far off in, into the liberal deep end that they would be considered very, very, very extreme. Like, like, like even for the liberal, the most liberal liberals, those would be the guys that they'd be like, yeah, just turn it down a, a hair. Then I've got friends that are on the other side, like, listen, um, they are the most conservative and everything, every I pent 
receptacle of of that conversation like they're that they are the they 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 are kind of like and, and i really could can say to you that i i don't have any super close inner circle friends that are at either crazy extreme but i but i will interact with them without any malice I, I, I can have my opinions without hating you for yours. And so as you listen to this, I just, I'm saying that just to say, chill the fuck out and hear the message. Allow yourself to get over the fact that we might or might not agree. Listen to the podcast for what the podcast is. A message that was downloaded into my heart as I was working through the election and what I was feeling. So here it goes. When, when I was thinking about the election, I wanted Donald Trump to win the presidency. Because one thing that I felt as I watched him operate as president was I felt that he attempted or did nearly everything that he said he would do. Like he's an absolute shit face of a human being in how he speaks and how he broadcasts and how he wants the limelight and how he like the Twitter nonsense. Like, look, I, I can look past the person to see the operation and the operation was ran pretty smooth considering the attacks. And so for me, I felt like I'd look this dude handle that. I probably after four years, that shit would have said, fuck you nation. I'm going to take, I, I took the presidency, had that check. Um, this is cool, but I don't want to tolerate so much hate coming at me. And so I probably wouldn't have continued. Now, he was, and I had mad respect for that. Okay, cool. So he's going to do that. That's, I'm leaning that way. And so I'm, I go to bed election night, and I'm like, okay, uh, looks, like, looks like, wow, looks like Trump's going to win the presidency. Like, we're going to have to wait for all the votes to come in, but it's looking really freaking good. And then the next day I wake up, and it's not looking so hot. And the next day I wake up, and it's not looking hot. And I start to get fearful because when, when government, as an entrepreneur, when government says, hey, we're going we're gonna to shut businesses down, we're going to mask mandate everybody, we're, like we want to get rid of guns, and, and we want to do this, we want to do that. And I start to think, you know, man, we can get along really, really well, it seems like, and, and it seems like as a nation, we get along even better without the media and without the government. No, not without infrastructure government. Like, look, we, we mandate the roads. We mandate buildings. We make sure shit's safe and the people are, aren't taken advantage of. And all of that, it's, it's, it's like, it all has a place. I just mean, like, you don't have to tell me as a, as a legal uh, citizen who has, has no prior felonies or anything crazy that I can't own a gun. And, and I shouldn't have to, in my humble opinion, explain why I have whatever gun I have. Like I have a lot of guns. I have a lot of semi-automatic weapons. I have a couple fully automatic weapons like I do. Um, do I need them? No, I'm not planning on going to war anytime soon. Did I want them? Yeah, why? Because they're fucking fun to shoot. Chill out. I'm not starting a militia. There's, like, I, anyway, um, I want to get to my point. I found myself getting crazy fearful about what if we lose that was a weird thing to say. And, and, and I think this is something that is going to resonate with you because it's regardless of your opinion, both sides, it's going to resonate with you. What if we lose? Well, who the fuck are, like, who, who, who is this magical group of we's I'm talking about? And I started to, to find myself 
being fearful and to think in, in my heart was like, ah, and, I, and then I remembered something. Like just out of nowhere, I remembered I climbed on to an airplane for the first time in 2008. Not my first time on an airplane, but my first time on an international flight. And we boarded and flew to Taipei, Taiwan. I'd never been to Taipei before. I'd never been to Taiwan before. I'd never been out of the country before. We flew to Taiwan. And we landed in, um, in Taipei. And we met with the manufacturer of one of our product lines. We had started a company a, a year or two before that, and it was growing super, super quick. And we were getting, um, we were getting ready to place a, a significant order. We were going to negotiate. We needed, we needed a, a couple million dollar line of credit for our company. And we flew in, and I was just in so much awe. First of all, I don't know what the population of of Taiwan is right off the top of my head. But whenever you go into Taiwan and you, you, uh, you get off the airport, instantly it's extremely different, right? So something that's super interesting is Asians have been, been wearing masks for as long as I've been going. So, so almost 14 years now, Asians, when you go over there, uh, they, they have masks, and lots of lots of people there wear masks, which is also super interesting. Um, walking up and down the street, on flights, off flights, like it's uh, it is um, like th they just do. This was part of their culture then, and, and I had never seen that before. We've never seen that before. This in in the U.S. I mean, every once in a while you'd see somebody wearing a mask. You you know, typically they were they were Asian. Um, but over there, lots of masks and tons of population. So I just pulled it up, which is why I've maybe been stammering around a little bit. They, um, they have 23 million people living on a, uh, an island that is 35 square miles. I think it's what it says here. So you think about that. 25 million people all on top of each other. And when you drive down into the city, downtown Taipei, Taiwan, man, there are slums everywhere. So many homeless people, so much poverty, so, so like desolate in so many areas. You see people like they don't have they, like window air conditioners and, and some of them don't like they've got these little like moisture cooling chili units. They don't even have AC. They, they, it's you know, market vendors out on the street, one after the other, after the other, selling some kind of a meat, probably, possibly, you're not quite sure, um, duck heads and all sorts of other weird exotic foods and feasts and, and raw meat out on ice chips and along there and they're trying to peddle that. And so everywhere you go, you know, there's somebody selling you something and it's crazy populated. I was a head, like literally a physical, my head was one head length higher than most everyone walking around in, in, in Taipei. They're just, they're, they're just smaller than we are here in the U S. And so, and, and I'm, you know, five eleven or so. And, and, but to my point, I, I walk down the street through all of this and I'm taking all this in. I'm seeing all the masks and the stares at me. And it's very, you know, I, I obviously wasn't wearing a mask and a lot of people weren't, but a lot were. And I walk into this building and I go to the top floor. It's, it's a 35th floor. It's in this little block of buildings, the, the tallest building there. 
we go to the very top floor and I get out in my manufacturer's floor. And it, it was a, a company, Well Manufacturing. And, and we go into Well and we sit at this table and I negotiate a multi-million dollar deal with these guys. Later, I'm with another manufacturer in Vietnam. A couple of years later, I'm with another or multiple manufacturers that I'm visiting with in mainland China, Japan, all over Asia. And the thing is, is that so many of these manufacturers that I sat across from, like I walked into palaces, like what, what when I say a palace, so like, for example, I went to the 35th floor of this building in downtown Taipei, Taiwan, the average apartment in downtown Taipei, this is a two bedroom apartment, like a flat there. The average, the average flat apartment there is a couple million bucks. So imagine what it costs to rent the entire floor. You can't even begin to fathom. So you've got that, you've got that element of wealth. And then when you go to their manufacturing facility, which is in Ho Chi Minh, used to be Saigon, Vietnam. You go, to, you go to Ho Chi Minh, you go to their factory there, you pull on, it's gated with a full-time security guard. When you pull in, it's this gorgeous, lush gardens and waterfalls that they've had built. Uh, they, they've got literally what I would call a freaking mansion, which is living quarters for senior management when they come off to the left. And then straight ahead is the manufacturing facility, which is as big as any manufacturing facility that would, you, would, you would think of here in the U.S., you know, maybe 100, 150,000 square feet. But it's four stories tall. I mean, this is real money. These guys aren't, these guys aren't jokers. Like they, I felt like I was doing a, you know, this was a big deal to me. I'm negotiating with these guys a few million dollars for our first line of credit with them. But a few million dollars is what they spent on the gate to this facility. It wasn't shit to them. And this is under communist rule across multiple countries in Asia. And these guys, I'm, I'm thinking about that and it dawns on me. It's like, man, I saw so much wealth built, so many businesses built, so much like products shipped out of China, out of Taiwan, out of Vietnam to the U.S. that we then turned, marked up and sold into the U.S., Canada, Mexico, all over. Every state in the United States we sold our product to. Hundreds and thousands of SKUs sent all over the U.S., major retail partners, Lowe's, Tractor Supply. But all of this was made possible because we'd partnered with these guys across the world under one of the hardest, like when you, when, when you say communism, you think from an entrepreneur standpoint, that's a stifling word because you think total government control over everything. They tell them how many, how many kids they can have. They tell them, where they can live, where, where you're from, like, they, like citizenship is, is, it's tight to come in and out of there as, as, you know, whatever. I don't know all the rules. I don't need to. Here's what I know. Those guys have, it's way harder to build, grow, and scale over there. But I found myself sitting across from the richest people I'd ever met in my life. And they let me deep into that world. And here's what, here's what they did. They figured out how to operate under the rules. 
And it wasn't very long ago, you know, talking with some homies of mine about business and we were talking about COVID and COVID was coming and, and they were, and, and we were all at first flipping the fuck out. Like we, we were like, holy shit, how are we going to do this? What is this mask mean? It's going to shut our businesses down and this and that and, 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 and on and on and on and on. And, and, and together all at once, we're like, what the fuck is our problem? Like literally, it's just a new set of rules. We just have to operate under the new set of rules. This is unprecedented times. We had the PPP, we had uh, you know, the Paycheck, Paycheck Protection Program, unemployment checks going out to people. We had um, the, the stimulus package and the EIDL, SB, SBA uh, loans for small businesses and the, all of these programs that, that the government like instantly, here are a bunch of new rules, a bunch of new things that you can leverage, a bunch of things to help you stay in business, a bunch of things to help you make it through these, these hard times. And, and so some guys are like, you know, fuck that. I'm not taking that money. I'm not, I'm not working in, in I'm not doing that shit. Like I, I don't want the, well, look, if the government says, here's some new rules that you get to operate inside of, we as a people have to learn how to operate inside of those new rules. And in my head, I'm thinking it doesn't matter, you know, back to my bathroom, sitting there, staring at myself in the mirror, thinking about what if we, I'm making quote marks with my fingers. What if we lose? And then this voice in the back of my head said, you built a pretty damn big company when Obama was president. You would have, I would have vocally said, look, like he's our president. I respect the office. I'm just, I didn't vote for him. I don't think he's doing what's best for the American people. Maybe he thinks he is. There are a bunch of people who did think that he would and thought that he did. And so whatever, but not my dude, not my president. That's what I would have said. But he was my president. I didn't have a fucking choice. He's the president of the United States, won the vote. He's the guy. And under his rules, rolled out Obamacare. When he rolled out Obamacare, I had a restaurant that had 67 employees. I was over the little number, but it worked out because they made, you know, they, they, thought of, they thought of a lot of shit. I mean, there are a lot of smart people worked on that. And anyway, it ended up barely not affecting me as far as a man, as far as, um, business mandates it did on a personal mandate level. That's another conversation, but, uh, it, it was, it was under his, it was under his presidency that I built the biggest company of my life, had the most employees, uh, had to learn how to navigate tax law, had to learn how to, uh, leverage and rely on attorneys and, and accountants. And, and, and I realized that there are people who, with every twist, turn, change, you know, from one president to the next, one set of rules to the next, there are guys out there who are learning those rules so that they can advise us how to operate. And that's the thing that hit me standing in front of that mirror was the president is the president. And for most of us who listen to this, we're getting caught up in this argument, in this bullshit. And we're, we're bickering. And there's so much hate on social media right now. You know, what's funny is there's a lot of hate on social media, but there's nobody looking me in the eyeballs saying, oh, you were a Trump supporter. Well, I'm going to remember you. You put that shit super strong chest out on social media, but people aren't talking that way face to face. Social media just is blasting the ugly, magnifying the ugly. It's gut wrenching. And when it's all said and done, Trump, Biden, Pence, 
Harris, when it's all over, this bullshit, not my president, needs to be put in the fucking trash. Because whether you like it or not, it is your president. That is the president of our country. Whether you think there was voter fraud, whether you think there was whatever, whatever, if Trump turns it around through the court system, like, like you know what it's, what's going to happen. Like there's going to be this eroding of shit all over the U.S. and riots and horseshit and nonsense. And the thing is, 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 yeah, I get it. It's aggravating. We have these ideals of what we want and who we think should represent us and what we think should happen. But the truth is, is that all you have to truly do is learn how to operate under the rules. We're treating politics like it's like it's reality TV and in the chat online is is our participation. But it's just a giant shit show that on the real day to day won't entirely affect you. Can there be changes to the rules that we operate in? Absolutely. Will those benefit some people more than others? You bet your ass. Is it going to affect whether you and I are good humans, good people, who roll out of bed and do our best to leave this world a little bit better than the way we found it day after day? Not a bit. It doesn't dictate how you operate. The only thing that it dictates is how you treat your fellow man. Whether you choose to let this shit get in your head, whether you choose to let this shit dictate the way you talk to people, whether you choose to get involved and have a loud voice and be that proponent of your, your party. Man, I don't give a shit what party you're from or what you align with or, or, or whatever. Like, I don't give a shit if you have six wives or six husbands or like you do you. I'm, I'm not... I have my beliefs, but if you need my help, I'll be the first fucker in line. Because I just believe that that's the right way to be. I believe that if you truly want to stand and scream, not my president, you're the one who's broadcasting hate. Not me, because I say I align with one person or another. Either way. For the Trump supporters that stand up and scream, not my president, you know, fuck off. Because whether you like it or not, he actually is. And vice versa. Lots of lots of emotions circling around this for everybody. But I just, you know, to me, this conversation is something that I think you need to hear. I needed to hear it. I needed that voice inside of me to say, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't need to be this emotionally vested in this conversation. You voted. You did your part. Now it's up to the mass. And then my only responsibility is to continue to operate inside of the rules. And I think that's maybe a good way for you to look at it too. Savvy. Savvy.
bulletproof. Built tougher than your average, ultimate hustler. I'm the total package, bulletproof. I know you see me in your scope. I'm the captain of the ship. You just a sailor with a boat. Bulletproof.